Welcome back to the Mail-In Podcast, live from Austin, Texas, in not the lodge, Sally. We are in our new and improved office slash studio, temporarily called the People Cave. I don't know if I love that, but uh, it's for some reason sticking with a lot of our listeners. But anyway. Why are we calling it the People Cave? I don't know. It, it was like a, I think it was a suggestion on a podcast that somebody did at some point. And uh, kind of just ended up. Why sticking. can't you just call it like the studio? To be the studio, it's or we're doing a an open air podcast. Like we I can don't. see Dylan and Randy just sitting over there doing doing work. What do you think, though? I like it. It looks a lot more organized than when I was in here on Saturday, which makes sense because you'd like literally just moved in. Mm-hmm. I was a little concerned, to be honest, when I came in on Saturday. We have initiatives in this office yeah, uh, to go along to- with our green initiative as a company overall. There is no trash left behind. Anybody's work materials will be at their spot. Um, basically, like if we see cardboard, it's it's a wrap on that person's employment at Wash Media. If you left it Are behind. Are you recycling your cardboard? We have recycling spots now, yeah. I saw, because I parked in front of them, mm-hmm. the recycling bins. Yeah. I think that Will and I are going to have to bring our recycling from our house. Okay. Because did I tell you what happened? I don't know if I told you all this last week. We've been recycling for a year. At our apartment, which like mm-hmm. there's not recycle bins. You have to like go downstairs and there's these big like plastic trash cans that everyone like put their recycling in. Sure. And then Will saw the maintenance guys at our apartment carry that to the dumpster by our mm-hmm. house. And we found out for a year we've been recycling all this shit and they're just throwing it away. That's tough. That's tough like, to see. Every well, First of all, why am I sorting this out if you're just going to toss it? Mm-hmm. But also like... You mean to tell me that my recycling efforts for a year have been in vain? That's yeah. That's not that's good for the environment. It's tough to see. So I'll be bringing my stuff to here Wednesday. every week. Yeah. Look at that. That's perfect. Uh, we have a recycling dumpster at my apartment complex that I load up the the jeep, uh-huh. throw it all in the. Uh, there's usually valet for like the smaller stuff. There's like yeah recycling valet, which is great for the bigger stuff. Like for example, a Hello Fresh box non spawn. Mm-hmm. That's very hard to break down, given all like the, the things involved. Just put it in the jeep, throw it over. I, I basketball you shoot it. You don't break down your boxes. I don't break down that one. That's the only one I don't break down because there's like a like an aluminum liner to it. There's a lot going on there. Can are you able to actually have you checked that you're that's possible to be recycled? No, I haven't. So you're just throwing trash into but your t- well. It's it's at least fifty percent cardboard. I throw away the... Uh, yeah, but did you know that there's like actual specific rules about what you can and cannot recycle? Like you're not supposed to recycle pizza Oh, really? Yeah, because they have like grease. grease on them and stuff. So they can't... When they go to the recycling plant, like they can't even process that. Really? Well, mm-hmm. then... So uh, people, look up your local rules and don't just throw random shit into your... Like HelloFresh boxes and pizza boxes. And I'm, I'm not coming from a place of like, being a recycling queen over here. I learned that because we were <laughs> doing the exact same thing at our old apartment. And somebody mm-hmm. like stopped me one day. I was like, you shouldn't be recycling that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? And they're like, yeah. Like there's only really specific shit that you can actually recycle. Huh, okay. And there are certain ways that you're supposed to do it. So read up on your I will have to read my local recycling laws. Yeah. Second order of business. Happy birthday, Fritz to Freeze. Oh, yeah. It's the Fritz man's birthday. It is the Fritz man's birthday. Let me be the first. Will had people wishing uh, Fritz a happy birthday today on Circling Back. Let me be the first to wish you a happy birthday on behalf of your son. 12 months well, in. Yeah. I mean, we made it a year. So. Are you going to say like, well, he's 13 months now. Are you like going to say one, basically one and a half? Um. When do you stop the months? Train? I feel like you stop the months at like 18 months. Okay. When they're a year and a half. That's fair. When people are like, they're 22 months. I'm like, they're two. Okay. Yeah. Like we don't, I I think in terms of like talking to other parents, that makes sense to them because when you, when your friends have kids too, because so much happens in that short span of time. Okay. They're like saying like, oh, he's a year. He just turned a year. And the other person's like, oh, he's 18 months or whatever. That's a big, but like you and I don't go around being like, I'm, I'm 32 and a half. (laughs) Like, why would we care about that? You know, but yeah. he's making like leaps and bounds. That's cool. Every, 
he's getting close to 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 walking. I know he's a he's a speed demon on the on the hands and knees. Yeah. Crawling. And he uh he has an interest in walking for or at least standing up. He's a I good lean guy. Prefer it if he did. His knees are disgusting. Because <laughs> he's like basically like <laughs> sweeping our floor all the time. Hey, there you go. That's is didn't isn't that like a uh in a movie or something like that? That was one of those Hairbrained entrepreneurial ideas yeah, that you put like the the like Swiffer pads on the on kid the, and on the baby just, like, and do the work. But if I did that to Fritz, he would just like eat the Swiffer mm-hmm. pad. Yeah, he's he's. Will talks a lot about Fritz and says like, you can have a million toys in front of him, but if there's like a shampoo bottle, he he wants that more than anything. Or like the dog's bowl. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. Like uh, little, this is little pool. That there he you go. Splash in. You know? Oh, that's fun. Is that was that a birthday present? No, I'm talking about the dog bowl that he like oh, goes up oh, to and splashes inside okay. like he's playing in a pool, but it's a it's a dog bowl. God, it's a dog bowl. Uh what what was his favorite birthday present? Or have you not done that yet? I am a horrible mom and I haven't ordered him any presents. Oh no. He, he's definitely gonna remember that. No, he won't. <laughs> he will not. So I don't feel that concerned about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out tonight. Okay. Probably. I'm not concerned about it. I, I know you will. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, this is the Mail-In Podcast, where we answer your questions. Hit us on uh, iTunes and Spotify, please. Subscribe, follow, do do all those things. Hit the hotline number to leave a voicemail, 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mail-In Podcast. We also put the link in the description to the episode, which I've been doing lately. So if you want to just look on your... Uh, your Spotify, Apple, wherever you, your your podcast's description, the link's right there. Click in. I'm going to need to figure out this microphone because it's like right in my line of vision towards Welcome you. to the last like six months of doing this podcast with I you can't. for me. I can't see you. I can't I, I'm see you. staring through the, the I'm microphone. I'm looking straight at, okay. We'll, we'll figure just, it out. We'll figure we it out. We won't look at each other. How about? It's better if we don't. Correct. Hey, Brett and Sally, I need help with the situation. My boyfriend and I have been talking for months about planning a trip, most likely to Cabo, for his 30th birthday. It is not booked yet. We just found out that one of his buddies is having his bachelor party on the weekend of his 30th birthday in guess where? Cabo. When I asked my boyfriend what he wants to do, he still says go on a trip with me. However, I know he would love being at the bachelor party as well, and I feel really bad about him missing it but also selfishly really want to spend his birthday with him and go on a trip together. What's the move here? Do we go on our trip, ditch plans for our trip as he goes on his bachelor party, or us go on a trip for a day or so uh, together early, and then I come home before him and he finishes the trip out with the bachelor party? I just hang back a day at the resort and he does a golf day with them type of thing. Side notes, birthday is on a Thursday. We were originally planning Wednesday to Sunday, and those are the same dates as the bachelor party. We have a companion pass, so us having uh, same flights is definitely ideal, but not a complete deal breaker. This is also a destination destination wedding, excuse me, in Breck in October that we will be going to. Lastly, his friends are wild, and I know this bachelor party will be out of control. Thoughts and opinions are appreciated. Do not go on the bachelor party. Oh, I disagree. No, that's a... Okay, first of all, why... It doesn't have to be on his birthday. To do he, a birthday trip. Okay, right. that's 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 my point I'm making. The bachelor so like, party is like let once... Let the bachelor party happen and then go like in a month afterwards. And you can also go back to Cabo if mm-hmm. you want. Or you can go somewhere else. I'd argue it might even be better going... After he goes on the bachelor party, because then you say, oh, no, like, we don't have to do that dinner. It wasn't as good as I, like, mm-hmm. it, it's made out to be. I know a spot here. I know a spot there type of thing. Like, selfishly, totally understand why you want to go on the trip. Mm-hmm. But I'm selfish enough to be like, we're getting our own trip. Like, I'm not, <laughs> not like, sandwiching. You don't want to share your your 30th birthday trip no. with, with your husband's uh, debauchery. No, and, like, going... <sighs> Okay, I've said this so many times, Uh-oh. and now I'm just, you know, beating the dead horse. But do people really need to have a bachelor party from Wednesday to Sunday? That's like a full week in Cabo, nonetheless. One of one of um, 
well, I'll just say it. Harry's girlfriend was recently on a bachelorette party that was Thursday to Tuesday. I was no. like, that's a full week, ma'am. Like, you don't need to be there for that long. What are you doing like Monday? Yeah, great question. People just working from like the living room of the Airbnb? Like, I'm actually like over the whole three-day bachelor bachelorette party at this point, okay. which I've said, I think just kind of based on like how many I've been on myself. And like there is a time and a place, but like... I feel like Wednesday to Thursday or to Sunday is asking a lot of people. That's a long time. That's a great time for if you're going couples trip and you're going to have some R and R built in right, a spot. Right. That's great. But five day bachelor party is a well. That's asking people to take off a lot of work. A lot of work. I, most I'm, of the week, actually. I'm a selfish Thursday guy because my Thursdays are my favorite day to drink. Right. Uh, and but I'm totally down for a Friday to Sunday. Get in early enough Friday so that mm -hmm. you can enjoy the afternoon get out late enough Sunday or or early, depending on how you want to do it, like a Vegas, you leave Saturday night type of thing. But uh, get out Sunday so you don't have to necessarily wake up the crack of dawn, can nurse a hangover a little bit, have a margarita at the airport type of thing. But I'm, a, I'm partial to Thursdays. Wednesday's a long time. And I, I know that that's none of the, not part of the question. I just had to shit on that person for a second who's yeah. having the bachelor party. That's just obscene. But also, I get it because you like want to make the most of going to Cabo. Okay, so I personally think you don't mix the two. It's not really worth it. It's not going to be fun for you, and it's kind of put you in a weird position because, like, especially – I don't know. I've always been – I think we've talked about this before, like, the girl who wanted to go to New Orleans while her, like, husband or fiancé or whatever was there for a bachelor party or mm -hmm. his bachelor party. Yeah, we did. It's like you don't need to be in the same city. No. I don't want to be in the same city or around Will when he's on a bachelor party. Mm -hmm. Like not because I think that he's going to do gross or weird stuff. It's mostly because I'm like, I don't want to be the person who's like around. Like, and you don't, it kind of like puts a weird like tent on the weekend. If like his, your, your boyfriend's buddy like knows like, oh, she's here. Like, so yeah. he's going to like. There would be a guilt factor too. Like, right. If you're at the spa and he's golfing, he'd he'd be like, "Well, I gotta like, I gotta go do dinner with her after this." Right. And, Just and, like let him go on his yeah. guy's trip and like be a totally separate thing, and then take the birthday trip like a month later. Yeah, I think birthdays are flexible, especially in this situation, because like it's his th if it's if it's her thirtieth birthday, right? And the trip is like planned, and then he's also like, "Hey, the bachelor party." Then right. it's a different. Then question. there's a sticky scenario there right. that I don't feel comfortable answering because I'd be like, "Well, can you reschedule the thirtieth birthday party?" And I know that you want to spend his birthday with him, but like, yeah, it's thirty. It's you know, it like the actual day itself versus like the yeah. trip to me is like pretty irrelevant. I like, agree. I totally agree. On his birthday, I don't know. I mean, that's like. My my thirtieth birthday was like on a Monday, and I was in mm. school, and so it like absolutely sucked. And we, I think we actually celebrated that night, but like I would have way rather just like waited and done something. Yeah, you know, birthdays are or birthdays are you know are kind of whenever you want them. So my suggestion is separate the two, do the bachelor party, then do the trip. Yep. Especially, it's not booked yet. So yeah, if it was booked and you have to, if you like, want to yeah. fly out a day early and like be there, but I think you need to leave by the time that the guys get there. Yeah, I I just turn these into two totally separate trips. But uh, yeah, I agree. Turn it into two two trips, make it easy. You know where I made two trips the other day? Where? Uncommongoods.com, dot com, mm -hmm. Sally. Mm -hmm. Uncommon Goods. I actually goods did is... too because you sent me the wrong code. So <laughs> well, like... I sent you my code that I used, and then I had to send you another yeah. code. Anyway, Uncommon Goods is it, honestly you just have to check it out. It's an online shop filled with unique, totally unexpected gifts. And when I say unexpected, I mean truly things that help somebody understand that you really get them. You know, like we've been doing this podcast for a while, Sally. I feel like I get you. I could get you a gift from Uncommon Goods. It's truly unique. We should have used our codes to get each other gifts. Ooh, that would have been that would have been good. But I I didn't. Maybe we'll do it. Do that Sorry. for like. My birthday, which is next month, and I turn 28. Are we taking a trip? Halfway to 56. It's always Memorial Day weekend, so people are always busy or like doing something for my birthday. So last time we did a trip on my birthday was to Lake Austin. We did a cool like a, a boat situation. Yeah. Shouts. Anyway, what did you that, get from Uncommon Goods, by the Was way? that two years ago? It was two years okay. ago. Um, well, I think we're going to talk about this in a second, but... Did you know you can gift experiences? What? 
talking about flower arranging class, cocktail making class. Really? Virtual experiences. So I did it for a flower arranging class. So we have just totally myself. given up on embroidery. Yeah, I've. I, <laughs> the dream is dead. Why? Why learn how to embroider <laughs> when I can get embroidered stuff other places? No, I. Well, there's like a ton of cool like little knickknacks and stuff on Uncommon Goods, but I was like really drawn to this whole like. I go to Trader Joe's all the time and buy a bunch of flowers. Don't know how to mm. arrange them at all. That is so cool. So, you're so gonna, you you're, can do an experience. And that is what awesome. I am going. I mean, I bought it but i haven't done it yet okay that's really cool i i didn't realize you can do that but it says it right here you also can gift experiences as your gift to somebody else or for yourself i gave it to myself the gift of me i gave the gift of a cocktail smoker to myself you love a smoked cocktail. i love a smoked cocktail everybody knows this adam about me i love a smoked cocktail and uncommon goods has made that easier it's individual so you have your own little your blowtorch and this wooden contraption that goes right on the top of your your cocktail glass, and you have smoked, you know, whether it's like chips of wood that you can use and light those things up and, and keep it on for a while. It smokes the whole glass up and takes, it makes, it turns old fashions from a really good cocktail into an exceptional cocktail. And that's how Uncommon Goods has worked for me, Sally. Wow. It's fantastic. Uh, they look for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the US, and they don't sell products made with leather, feathers, or fur. So they're animal friendly. Everybody knows that. It's a Brooklyn-based company that's all about giving back. With every purchase you make in Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. And they've donated over $2.8 million to date. So just, it, honestly, it's, a, it's fun to hop on and just peruse. It's really easy. And Mother's Day is coming up. There so you like, go. Don't forget about it. Don't forget. And now is the perfect time to check out goods. something to say thanks to mom for. Yeah. To get 15% off your next gift to Uncommon Goods, uh, go to uncommongoods.com slash mail. That's uncommongoods.com slash M-A-I-L for 15% off. Don't miss out on this little limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, they are out of the ordinary. How about a voicemail? Let's go. If you got the option to retire and live wherever you wanted to do where would you be and why? Consider the average age of retirement, let's say, is between 60 and 65. Where would you go? Where would you live? What would you do? Any other cool, notable highlights? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. This one's about hey, retirement, guys, Sally. We're good. Sorry. We are about, uh, I don't know how many years away from retirement, but it's a question Did about you retirement. Say 60 to 65? He said 60 to 65. So, not necessarily like if you hit it big. Win the lottery and can retire tomorrow, but like down the line. Okay. I mean, I would imagine there's kids and grandkids involved. Like, if you're sixty to sixty-five, you're you're retiring. What's what's your plan from there? There's like a couple different things I would probably do. I think Will and I have like spoken about just going back to Harbor Springs, mm -hmm. which at like that age I would be okay with. Yeah. I think right now it would be really hard for me to be somewhere like that year round where I like don't have the amenities that like a big city brings, you know? Mm -hmm. Um or like somewhere in like Sonoma or Napa. Wine country. Going to wine country. But then like there's a part of me that's like I would if I could like afford it and like live nice, I would retire to like New York City and just like go Whoa like live the city life without like because i think for me I, will and i have always like talked about that living in new york would be cool but like for mm -hmm. me it would not be cool like there's not a scenario where like for me working at a hospital i would be able to enjoy the city as much as i'd want to probably yeah. mm -hmm. and probably be more stressed about like work and my commute and all of that mm -hmm. versus like actually getting to enjoy what you like the purpose of living in New York, which is like just being in a city that's like alive and being able to do all the things that come along with that. Totally. I feel like if you're retired, like you get to like go to shows and like go to restaurants and walk around without a care in the world and not be like stressed about your daily work life grind. I like that. 
I think that's a cool answer because usually everybody's like, oh, get out of New York. Like, can't yeah. wait to fresh air. And you're like, no, I think it would be cool to actually be able to experience that city from a a non-work-life balance. And, and just, especially, and just I think, being retired, like, not having kids to, like, all because, like, now we can never do that. Like, I can't live with, like, a, a baby. And I mean, I know people do it, <laughs> right. but, like, I've never done it. So then, like, yeah. that would just make my life so much more complicated but like you're free of like work and kids and all of the responsibility that comes with that like why not go to like a huge culture hub i love it i love the answer i probably am more traditional in my answer where it's like i want to golf mm -hmm. i want to eat out every day one meal yeah whether it's breakfast lunch or dinner i want to go and experience somebody else's culture cuisine uh ability cooking talent like and i just like it I, I enjoy that experience, the conversation, the views, the food, et, et cetera. I love eating out. So I think that's kind of like my goal is to be close enough to a hub where you can have a lot of different cuisines and, and foods and restaurants to choose from uh, while being secluded enough or far away enough from, from crazy city traffic that kind of live peacefully. Austin's probably a good example, but um upstate new york has always been my like ultimate goal mm -hmm. to be back there at some point in my life probably after i've raised family etc mm -hmm. i knock on wood um so either having a probably having a condo where it's like track season based up there and then somewhere like a san diego uh, something ocean or lake bound etc because i love the water i love and if that's not the case, probably something mountainous, ski house type of vibe. Um, because I think it would be cool to live and experience mountain towns um, in the summer. Like you've been to Aspen, mm -hmm. traditionally a ski town in a beautiful time of year in like October, right? Where right. skiing is not the number one MO, but you can hike and you can ride and you can eat, I'm sure, delicious meals. So I think it's it's about, for me, being in a place where I can experience a lot of different things and not it, it doesn't life doesn't get mundane even yeah. though you're retired um and still staying active like obviously golf is an easy answer but i'd like to golf routinely if not every day but do people retire at 65 now no it's work ages are going up and also i i feel like i'm i'm competitive enough that i would need if i'm not working and not like in the grind of like deal closing mm -hmm. frat uh I need something, whether it's a golf league or a, a second occupation, something to do that's not full time, but that keeps my brain sharp. I just think that I'll probably be working till I'm like seventy something. Always in healthcare, you think? Or would you have to like Sally's mom and pop shop? Probably always in healthcare. Maybe mm -hmm. not forty hours a week. Yeah, but. I mean, even when I was getting close to retiring age, I'd probably go in like once or twice a week just at like an easy surgery center to like keep my mind. There you go. Keep it sharp? Yeah. Keep I like that. sharp. Okay. Man, I hope retirement's not like around the corner, but it, it does sound nice. Yeah. I just think about <laughs> that. I'm like, I don't, Will's parents aren't retired. My parents aren't retired. Like. No. Well, it's fun to to be that old and have that much experience and and have some cash built up to like maybe work someplace that you really want to. Like yeah. my dad, for example, worked for huge breweries for years and years and years, and right. now is a partner at a, a local small brewery that's just coming up. Right. And like that's I think that's really cool, and he could do that for however many years he'd like. Yeah. So I'd, I'd probably fall into that category too, where there's sort of a passion project involved that right. maybe is not like a traditional moneymaker, but maybe an investment perhaps that you also employ yourself at. Something like that. I think it would be fun. Probably just be slinging candles for Will at some point. I don't know. Could be worse. Filling. Could be worse. Learning everything there is about knowing candles. <laughs> uh, let's do the next one, Sally. Hey, guys. I just quit my job and will be starting a new job in a couple of weeks. The problem is I am absolutely terrified. Do y'all have any tips on getting past the anxiety of starting a new job? The new role is in the same industry, but the day-to-day -day work will be very different, which has me worried about failure. 
And the reason I included this one, because we've talked about new jobs and quitting jobs before, but the like I'm worried about failure or I'm in over my head type of feeling before you start a new job. Like candidly, I, I felt a little in over my head before I started with Wash Media. I was like, oh shit. Like it's put up or shut up time now. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself, you find yourself in that anxiety, but then you just, you, you kind of focus on the new role. You focus on yourself. You focus on winning something each day or improving yourself each day. And you find over time that builds into like, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. So I get the anxiety. I've been there, but you can't be the CEO in a day or a week, right? Like just, just try to take each day one, one day at a time and, and win each day, do something right each day. And then you string a couple of those together and all of a sudden you're a, a good employee. But I understand the anxiety. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have anxiety starting a new job, I would like argue that something's probably wrong with you and you might be a sociopath. Like, or the job is too like, not to be rude, like beneath you, right? Like right. you know you can do this job. But I think the normal human reaction to any sort of change is like, anxiety and apprehension mm-hmm. because it, regardless of whether it's a job or you're moving cities or you're you know getting married or you're having a kid or you're doing whatever and you're not like a little bit apprehensive about what's about to happen to you, it, you even if it's like second kid you already know like yeah you still it's very normal it's the human condition of like your life is about to change and so your body and your mind are like just preparing for that. Um, so again, I think that's really normal. Also, not like not doing the exact same tasks every job is like important mm-hmm. too because you, you need to grow. And like you said, like learning how to get better every day, just even if it's by 1% better each day, like is an opportunity for not only like your work growth, but your personal growth too. Um, and then the other thing is like, people know that you're new. It's okay yeah. to ask questions. Mm-hmm. We don't ask like, yeah, don't, you're not an expert right away. And that's right. fine. Like I would never, okay, here's a great example. Like in anesthesia, we do the same thing. Technically, like I should be able to walk into any hospital in the mm-hmm. country and do my job because it's a very specific set of skills that like require the same things over and over, whether or not like. I'm doing it in Saratoga or Austin or Detroit or wherever I am. And whether I'm at a huge hospital or whether I'm like the only provider there, Mm -hmm. I should still be able to do the same basic set of skills. But that doesn't mean that like I'm absolutely comfortable with every time I walk into a new place, like there's things to learn. There's like processes to learn. There's people to meet and figuring out how to work with those people that you aren't used to. Like, that all comes regardless of whether your skills are changing or not. Like, so most people, like when we have new people start at the hospital, I'm not like, oh, you idiot. Like, can't believe you don't know where that's not located. I can't mm-hmm. believe you wouldn't figure out that this surgeon wanted that. Like we all are, hopefully the people that you're working with are like, okay, this is a brand new job for them. Like, mm-hmm. what is it? Like the cost of onboarding somebody is like, insane so they're gonna make it worth their while to like make you a successful worker just like throwing you to the wolves absolutely absolutely and then uh, the other thing about onboarding is there's like some study or or some site you know psychology experiment that your entire career or your entire tenure with some place is based on like your first three weeks and i mean that not from a work product perspective but from a like a work societal Uh kind of perspective. So if there's ever a time to be, you know. Agreeable and nice. Agreeable, nice, uh, doing more than is asked of you. Like, I I hate to say this, but like staying late, getting in early, you know, FaceTime stuff. It's the first three weeks. Yeah. And that basically has, your team will have an opinion uh, on you that is very hard to change after that. Right. So crush the first three weeks. Someone said to me, 
when I was in anesthesia school about like starting residency mm-hmm. and they were like, you will be successful whether, even if you're dumb and bad at skills, if you get people on your side. Absolutely. So it's politics. If you are nice to people and you are honest with them and you are, you know, you work hard and you try to make your relationships good and mm-hmm. you don't, you know, like talk shit about other people and yeah. basically just being a like generally good person, like that is going to put you ahead of even the smartest, most skilled people. Agreed. Totally. Because people will go to bat for you. So if you mm-hmm. like go in and are likable and just agreeable, even if like later on you don't feel that way, <laughs> in the beginning, People will, if you can like, you know, create you can, rapport with people, yeah, they will be on your side. Facilitate their jobs. And right. It, it's it, Endear the ultimate, yourself to them. That's yeah. what my mom would always say. It's not what you know. It's who you know. And that holds true in a lot of different areas, yeah. especially in a work environment where the structure becomes political very quickly, especially in a bigger company. Yeah. Where a lot of the times it's not necessarily a meritocracy. And I think everybody kind of has examples of that in their lives or their careers that they've seen. But that's a long way of saying just be be, be a good person. And be a good person, and it's normal. Any to be flaws anxious. in your work product will be overlooked by your character. Yeah. Boom. What's up, guys? Here's my background. I'm a 24 year old dude who is somewhat uh, who is a somewhat recent college graduate. Just under two years post-grad. I live with my parents in my hometown that I grew up in, about 20 minutes east of Sacramento, California. And I'm in the last, or I'm the last of my real friends to still live in my area. I'm currently working an entry-level sales position, uh, BDR, at a financial software company, where I've worked for about three months now. I really don't enjoy my job. Uh, and as much as I love them, living with my parents in my hometown without any real friends or a girlfriend to hang out with is increasing my feelings of unhappiness to the point where I feel I may be flirting with depression. Overall, I feel stagnant in my personal life and really don't have anything to look forward to when I wake up each morning or go to bed each night. Here's my question. I want to move out of my area and start fresh in both my career and my personal life, but I'm having trouble on deciding where would be the best place for me. If you... Brett, Sally, et cetera, were in my position, what are some places that you would look into moving to? Would you recommend Austin? What other small to medium cities uh, would you recommend? Side note, I want to experience some small to medium city living while I'm still young. I lived in LA for five years and it's just not for me. I've never lived in the snow and for the most part, I would consider myself a sunny and warm weathered person. So bye-bye Seattle slash Denver. Side note, I'm guessing one or both of you will say something along the lines of, if you're not happy in life right now, what makes you think that moving to a new city will change anything? And to that point, I would say you're probably right. But I also see a not-so-bright path I'm going down in my current situation. So I would like to make changes to remedy that, and I think moving would create the biggest impact. Okay, a couple notes. Let's get deep here. here. First of all, I am not going to say if you're not happy in your life right now, what makes things moving will make it better. Uh, I think my face and Adam's face, whenever Brett, you read the don't have anything to look forward to when I wake up each morning or go to bed each night was uh, concerning Mm -hmm. to say the least. So let's do a little wellness check. It's going to be okay. It's so normal to feel this way post-grad, especially if you're like back in your hometown living with your parents to feel stagnant. All of this is very normal. And I do think that changing your circumstances will help. But I also think it's important to point out that if you are dealing with mental health issues like depression, it's incredibly important to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. So... Find some therapy, number one. Um, I I just think that um, having an objective person to talk to about some of this, because even if you're having other like depressive stuff that's not related to like feeling stagnant in your life, it's just important to like be okay. 
Um, number two, would you consider Austin a small to mid-sized city? Yeah, definitely. I mean, based on where I've lit, like New York and Boston, yeah. Okay. I would consider it much smaller than both of those. See, I do not consider Austin a small to mid-sized city. Really? So I, what I was going to say is it just totally depends on like what this guy wants. Mm-hmm. If he's coming from a small town, like this is a – Will is a perfect example of this. Will lived with his parents – in his hometown. For years. Not, where not all just, of his friends had like yeah. moved on and I think felt very like almost trapped. Like I think he, same way this guy felt like loved his parents, loved his hometown, was happy, you know. I mean, now that he's not there, he like loves going back. Um, but it's really easy to feel like you've been left behind when all of your friends from high school and college have like moved on. Mm-hmm. And are like in bigger cities and things like that. And I don't think that like living in a big city is an important step for like some post-grad life. But like living in a new environment that's not your hometown, not with your parents, I think is an important like milestone to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that being said, I, it it just totally depends on like what he wants out of a city. Yeah. You know, I think Austin is a great city. I totally um, agree. It's incredibly hot here. So if you're coming from California where it's like mostly mild, mm-hmm. that's really hard to, I think for some people to like stomach is like, we're about to hit months where it's Ugh, don't until like October, me. like the end of October, it's going to be 90 plus degrees. Like, and then we're going to hit like triple digits in like August and September, like probably July, July August. August, September, Ugh. but like. It's really hard to stomach it being October and being 95. It just can confirm when usually I'm used to like right. 62 like you, and like, crisp You're like breaking out like like fall stuff. We're all like, <sighs> uh, Brett, are you sweating? Because you're like wearing full boots. With yes, like I am. But I'm committed socks. to it, Sally. Um, but Austin is a great city, especially for young people. And there's a ton of people here. I, I do think that like. I, obviously Austin's like really popular. So is Nashville, DC. Like you think about all those cities that like young professionals move to. Yeah. But I do think there's like some gems of like, I would call them smaller to mid-sized cities that okay. like are really approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, And like, I want to like, I would list them off, but then like people are going to like shit on me and be like, oh my God, how dare you call Phoenix a small city? No, yeah, there's, I know what you mean though. But like, I do think that there are like, it's always good, again, I always say this to like crowdsource what's going on. So if you have a friend who lives in freaking, you know, Salt Lake City and they love it, like, can confirm. I do when they do. Boom, move there. You've already got a friend. But I also think it's really easy to romanticize, especially for me, being like, oh my gosh, like, like I would love to live in DC or I really like wanted to live in Boston mm-hmm. or I wanted to move to San Francisco. Like those were all in my like top five if I moved somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, realistically, I'm going to move to Houston because it's close to my parents and I can still come home if I want to. Mm-hmm. I have friends there and in my work medicine, they have a huge medical center and it makes sense for me to go there. Sure. And like, I'm going to be surrounded by a lot of people who are in medicine. Whereas if I went to DC and I was like surrounded by all these like Hill staffers and then I was like talking to them about my like hospital job, I'd be like, we have no, nothing in common to talk about. Yeah. What am I? It just, it made more sense for me. Um, And kind of the vice, like same thing with like going to San Francisco. Like, did I, would it, would it be a smart idea for me to like go pay a bunch of money to live somewhere where I was going to like be working in a hospital nonstop and everyone else is going to be in tech? Mm-hmm. So personally, that's how I felt. I was like, I need to pick a city and a hospital that like really vibe with like what I want from the city. Yeah. And I, I don't know if other professions feel that way. Like I, I have heard the same feedback about like DC that if you're not in like politics, people kind of like shun you yeah i and i but i loved dc is what was on my list for things to say because every time i've been there i've loved it yeah i think it's so cool for like a food culture vibrancy situation i've been on a bike there more than any other city in the country because it's just it's a bikeable downtown right really and really fun city but I, i'm I not like shitting on dc i 
have actually never been to DC and I'm very excited to go next month. But I, um, I think it was really easy for me when I was this age and like wanting to move Mm -hmm. that I would be like, Oh my gosh, like that is such a cool city. And there's a difference between like wanting to travel there and realizing like the ins and outs of living there. Like if you are going to have to compromise a lot to live in a city that you think is really cool because you can't afford to like live in the like cool downtown area and that like you're going to be spending all of your money like going out and taking Ubers because you live on like (laughs) the edge of town. Whereas I think there are smaller approachable cities. Like this is just coming to the top of my mind because we, I was speaking to somebody who like lives in Detroit recently, but like, I think most Midwest people like are like, okay, we're going to Chicago. Yeah. And People don't think about like the St. Louis or the, the uh, Detroit or whatever. Minneapolis is a beautiful or Minneapolis. city. And all of those places are like having really big resurgences right now. Yeah. It's sort of a a, a city like a renaissance. Like Buffalo, right. for example, is sort of going through a bit of a renaissance. Like Rust Belt cities. Detroit. Um, Minneapolis is beautiful. I, I'd say like Atlanta, Charlotte, Nashville, sort of the, the Sun Belt cities. Uh-huh are very popular nowadays and also give you kind of new vibes like opportunities or lore. The other thing I want to say is if you want to change careers maybe, but you want to have sort of an immediate social impact, I don't think I'd be afraid to sort of, I I mean, I describe this as taking a step back from a full-time job, but going to uh, be in the service industry in a new city for a couple months while you get your feet wet, sort of create a friend brace if you don't know anybody there. Like I'd love to go, you know, work at a a golf, you'd be an assistant golf pro or something like that. Just to get your feet wet in a new environment, if you're not sold on a career path yet, or if you are, then, then dive right in and and move to a cool part of the city. But there's really so many options here. I like one city that I think people really often overlook is Fort Worth. I, I lived there. Um, but I think when you're in a, when you're in a small city like that, that is either having a resurgence or has like a group of like young people really committed to like making that city cool, mm-hmm. you get this kind of camaraderie where like everyone wants to like hang out and like yeah. do like young professional stuff and be in a softball league and like, you know, like go to cool restaurants and make the town slash city cool and that i think is harder when you go to an established big city even austin at this point yeah because so many people are moving here that it's like hard to like find a crew whereas like when you go somewhere smaller like when i went to when i lived in fort worth in Mm -hmm. school the people that were there that i knew or like met were like oh my gosh like you have to come to this thing you know it's going to be all people our age were you know doing something before the golf tournament come over and people are a lot more welcoming because they know that like you might be the only one and they want to bring you into the into the fold into the crew yeah 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 and i i think that's right on austin i do i i will say austin has an environment that i've never had anywhere else in terms of like friend making and and it probably took me a year to be comfortable here i guess the pandemic didn't really help that but in terms of like friends that are not my coworkers, not yeah. my girlfriend well, I can be like, hey, do you want to go golfing or do you want yeah. to go get a drink? That, that, that takes time. I mean, it's not going to happen day one anywhere you move unless you have a buddy who like also right. lives there. But um, the other thing I wanted to say on this question is when you – like you say like, oh, you have to change yourself and it won't change anything if you move to – like I just think it will because you spend more time out of your comfort zone. So right. you spend less time thinking about – quote, not looking forward to anything when I wake up or going to sleep. In a new place, you can look forward to opportunity and potential. Like every day you wake up is the potential for something new. And when you're living in your hometown with your parents, you're in your comfort zone. You're not learning stuff about yourself. You're just like wallowing in whatever is happening. I think changing your scenery or changing your situation even if it's in the same town but like forces you to learn about yourself absolutely which is like the most important thing i feel like at mid-20s age is like getting to know yourself the best 
And like I like I said previous episodes, radical change begets radical change. It's the one tattoo that I want to get tomorrow, and just remind myself. We're gonna rebrand mail, and and then it's like below it, it's just gonna say radical change begets radical change. There you go. It's radical. Look forward to the new branding. (laughs) Ha ha. But follow up with us on that too, because if you need mental health resources, need talking to, etc. I think. I'd like this question that he asked to be more of a journey than a one, a one-time question. I agree. Uh, next one though: How should you handle drunk bickering with your significant other? I say bickering and not bona fide fights because it's always about stupid stuff and nothing serious. My boyfriend and I sometimes get into it after we've had a few, and I'm wondering how to handle it. Full disclosure: I'm usually the one who starts it because I can be a real bitch when I'm drunk. If I'm totally blacked, which I try to avoid, there's no stopping it. But what about when I'm just drunk and have the capacity to talk about it? Is it better to talk about it in the moment when we're drunk or wait till the next day? For context, the fights are usually circumstantial and depend on where we are slash who we're with. Very stupid, I know. Love the podcast. Here's a follow-up quickly, though. To clarify, again, we don't have screaming, crying, make a scene fights. It's more like he says or or does something and I get visibly annoyed, act sassy, or give him the cold shoulder. He asks what's what's wrong. I say nothing, and then I continue to act pissed off. Classic. Drunk bickering, Sally. Do you have a couple friend that does this? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. In Plenty. Our, in our <laughs> I mean, there's like there's always like something happening, but we had friends in Houston, mid twenties that like this couple, they are also mid mid twenties, Houston couples. So, right. Like (laughs) it did not matter what we were doing. 90% of the time when we were all out together, that it ended in a fight. And like I said, like she said, it's not a like knockdown drag out screaming at each other, like crying. It was just like a, it would start. He would say something. She would look over at him, give him the death glare. Then it was like, what? And then it was like, you're so annoying. Then it was that <laughs> for like ever until mm-hmm. they went home. Yep. It, like, And it, sometimes it's like funny, but then there were times where we're like, they literally will never, they're never going to stop arguing. And they did grow out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, but it sucks to be that couple because <laughs> everyone else is watching you being like, oh, really? Like, here we go again. Yeah. Here we go. Like these two. So a couple of things. One, um, drinking less is going to really affect that situation. I was just going to say, maybe we don't black out. Uh, and that's a really hard pill to swallow when you're mid-20s. Is like, hey, actually, I will stop making dumb decisions if I drink less. But that's just, that's the lesson we all learn in our mid-20s. Okay? <laughs> True. Most of the time people learn it because you start getting two-day hangovers and then you're like, fuck, this isn't worth it. And then you look back and you're like, wow, I could have avoided like a lot of dumb things like dance floor makeouts or like arguing with my boyfriend. If yeah, I drink DFMOs, less, madam. Uh, but you know, you don't you don't change your life until physically you feel terrible or you do something just like totally idiotic. Uh Number two, it's never a good idea to be like, oh, you know what? Okay, that pissed me off. I'm going to mention it right now or make like a <laughs> or make like the, a sarcastic yeah. one-off comment in front of our friends because I'm pissed off. It's always better to wait. Does this girl – this girl has to – she likes this. Well, I think she no, takes she No, takes I think she probably knows and it probably is obviously self-aware enough to realize it yeah. because her friends have probably said shit to her about it and – is now at the point where she's like, okay, I know this is an issue, which is like mm-hmm. step one. True. Admitting you have a problem. Exactly. Um, but I do think that like it's anytime you're in a fight, whether or not you're drunk and out, it's like always better to like calm down and question like, why am I upset? Mm-hmm. And that I mean, free couple counseling from Sally. Uh, <laughs> Every time I get in a fight with Will, uh-huh. we're like, our therapist is always like, identify what your emotion is. Why are you pissed? Mm-hmm. Like, take a step back. And it's really easy, even when you're not drunk. I mean, we had a fight this morning, like, where I'm just like, 
it's 8 a.m. in the morning we're fighting. So it's not, it doesn't matter whether or not it's happening when you're drunk or not. Obviously when you're drunk, your inhibitions are down and it's so much easier for you to just like spout shit off whether like rather than like controlling right. your emotions. But it's really important to like question like why am I annoyed by that? Is it like, did he like say something to another girl that like now makes me feel threatened mm -hmm. and I'm jealous? Or did he like, smoke a cigarette and I have issues with that. And like now I'm pissed off. Been there. <laughs> and a lot of like people go through this bickering phase with their partner. But I think that a lot of reasons couples bicker is because there are deep seated issues that you don't confront. Sure. So whether it's jealousy, whether it's like insecurity, insecurity, um, whether like I mean most girls are just doing it because they want attention like and I'm not saying I'm not saying like girls want attention I'm saying mm -hmm. a lot of couples that bicker and, and same goes for guys it's like you're starting something with your partner because you want them to engage. connect yeah. and, and engage with you versus like talking to their guy friend like it's like sure. hey look at me you're being annoying mm -hmm. why are you like you know taking shots with that guy like stare at me right. and sometimes you have to realize like okay what's that rooted in like yeah. maybe i need to like take a step back and like think about okay if i if i'm craving like personal time mm -hmm. with my partner maybe like we go on a date night rather than like go out with our friends go there to the bar go. okay i like that um but then there's the other piece of like it's when you're drunk, it's the same thing. Your inhibitions are down. So it's like the same reason like you binge eat. Like it's so much easier to like yell at your partner. Yeah. Or do the cold shoulder drunk, thing. Or do, or do the, the cold shoulder I'm or fine, like be I'm dramatic yeah. because you're drunk and your mind's like, okay, this is actually, this is going to make him pay attention to me is if I like act pissed, which it probably will. And then he's going to get annoyed or vice versa. Think about like when your friend is like, why are you annoyed with me? Why are you annoyed? And then you're like, cause you're fucking being annoying. Like. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just so many communication things here. And I think a lot of it is just like growing pains of being yeah. a young couple. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I want to add, because knocked on wood, I'm not much of a fighter. You know, yeah. I don't love confrontation. Caroline and I are both very laid back people to begin with. So we're not going to confront things usually. And it just it kind of simmers yeah. until one of us it's more of a it's more of a volcano than a, a lava simmer, if okay. you will. Uh, but the thing I really always try to make sure of, whether it's any relationship really, is don't go to bed mad. Like find some common ground, even if you have to tackle more of the problem the next day, find some common ground before you fall asleep. Yeah. Because I don't think going to bed mad or like shutting the phone off and boom, it's done. Yeah. And then not touching it. I don't think that helps anybody. I also think going back to like examining why you're mad, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you may have a problem with when you're sober that now they do when you're drunk and then you get annoyed of. Sure. So you have to really think about, I have this problem with Will and when I fight with like my siblings and stuff like that, it's all bring up shit that I resent when the when fight's happening yeah. and the fight's happening about something totally unrelated and then you're like uh, well this and they're like where the fuck did that come from and i feel like that's uh -huh. usually what happens with the bickering it's like yeah. you start by like being annoyed because he didn't get you a margarita while you were in the bathroom but then it turns into like <laughs> you didn't get me a margarita and then like seven years ago you did get Sarah a margarita, and now I'm fucking like gonna lose my shit over it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like because you thought about it then, but you didn't think about that. Right. Now. So what do you think about me? Is is something wrong with me and my my personality that doesn't right. say please give me a margarita when I'm in the bathroom? So and what is now? Where are we? Are we have a personality issue now? Right. So we like we had a we had another couple friend. They're married now. Uh, that one weekend we were all together. It was like Labor Day weekend or something, mm -hmm. and she said to a group of us, the girl of the couple being like, we're having a sodium free weekend. And I was like, Ooh. what? And she said, we are very salty to each other when we're drunk. So we are not going to be salty this weekend. <laughs> and I witnessed these two later and he was just like, 
making little digs at her where like i mean they were doing it to each other but like okay he's like oh i bet so-and-so used to like that and you're like whoa wow we gotta let go of the like jealousy yeah. train whoa like, whoa whoa no sir so i feel like that <laughs> you've got to just figure out what your real deep-seated issue is yeah get to that before. and then talk about that when you're sober so that you can actually like have healing around it. I like that. Yeah. Get to the root of it. And then that that's causing a lot and of don't, the bickering. Don't use the fact that like she, you know, was talking to her coworker who's a guy or that you didn't order Sarah Margarita or mm -hmm. that you, you know, like took too long in the bathroom or whatever it is that pissed you off when you were drunk. You're on your phone. You're staring at Twitter oh, man, that while at the that. table. I will get pissed about that. And then it will turn into something else. You know? <laughs> uh, last one, Sally. Okay. This is another one. I like what we're uh, – we have a kind of a groove here where the last question of the mail in each week is sort of a insert city here that we know a little bit about and kind of build a, a, a an answer around it. So here we go. Hey, Brett and Sally, big fan of the show and everything that y'all have been doing at Washed. Thank you very much. I have a bachelor party coming up in early May in Houston and would love some recommendations. For context, it's a 14-person group staying within 10 minutes of downtown, and we're there for four full days. We have golf and a trip to a gun range already planned, but any bars, restaurants, activities you can recommend would be appreciated. H-Town, baby. Okay. Home of the Cooters and the Texans. I think you are going to have to chime in a little bit more. Oh, than I, I, I am locked and loaded. Because it's unfortunately been like six years since <laughs> I've lived in Houston. And I love Houston. I, I do really too. do. Um, it's a great city. Houston has amazing food. Like hot take, hot take, food. better food than Austin. Yeah, I oh I agree with that. Yeah. Take immediately. Uh I mean my number one love of Houston. Drum roll, please, is, is El Tiempo. Tiempo. Uh, <laughs> of Bird. course you knew that I was gonna say a Mexican restaurant. I'm also gonna give a hot take. El Tiempo has better fajitas than Maxwell Rancho. That's uh, actually not even a hot take. Everyone hot. knows that. Way better queso, way better fajitas, and better marks. Oh, I see. I think Matt's, I enjoy their queso and marks better. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, El Tiempo, great filet fajitas. Absolutely mm -hmm. worth it. Um, get the mocha hete salsa. It is spicy and delicious. Uh, Got some banging, banging nachos and quesadillas. Uh, and I love a sangria swirl mark. El Tiempo is easy because when you have a giant group, it's the same situation. This is why we always go to Matt's El Rancho. Or when I was in Houston, we'd always go to El Tiempo because you like end up with 14 people and you're like, well, if, where the hell are we going to go mm -hmm. with 14 people? And those giant Mexican food restaurants are the only place that you can show up on a Friday and say we have 14 and they'll yep. probably tell you two hours, but at least they're not going to laugh at you. Right. Okay. Yep. They and may you giggle can, a little bit. You can but. sit there at the bar, have some marge beforehand. They can you usually have a little patio. At the, uh, if you go to the El Tempo in Washington and Aurelio is still working behind the bar, tell him Sally sent you. He probably does not remember my name anymore because <laughs> it's been six years. But we used to be able to go because he like, for some reason, loved me because I would go after work. So he like knew my name because yeah. I would wear like my work jacket and have my name on it. He would never remember any of my other friends' names, which like was absurd. But mm -hmm. literally, we would just go name drop Aurelio, and he would get us a table. It was awesome. I love it. Um, okay. Also, he may try to sell you drugs. Not Aurelio, but a specific uh, waiter on the Richmond. Oh, El Tiempo. okay, right. Uh, or is it? No, it's not Richmond. There's Washington Westheimer is what I'm thinking of. The Westheimer, Westheimer El Tiempo, yeah. yeah. Uh, my other. Like favorite restaurant in Houston is local okay. foods. I love it so much. Oh, okay. But it's not really like a bachelorette or bachelor spot. It's, it's, it's just not. like an easy lunch spot. Um, but food in Houston is amazing and incredible. There are so many fun, awesome, cool restaurants in Houston. Yeah. Um, okay. This was going to be like my other tip, and now I like realize it's actually really dumb. I was gonna be like, well, if you're there. Baseball season, like go to an Astros no, game. It's not a dumb thing. I was gonna say I've heard 
Minute Maid Park is a blast. Minute Maid Park's really fun, but when I was there, the Astros sucked. So it was like so easy to go because it was really <laughs> cheap and like no one cared, like because they were terrible. Mm-hmm. So we would go, like it's so easy. Like, I mean, you're buying like a $10 beer, which is like really kicking the nuts, but like the ticket was like $10 too. So mm-hmm. now it's definitely not like that anymore. Yep. But you can probably get some like decently cheap seats. No and doubt. I always think that it's fun to go to like a city's ballpark and you can like kind of see what the vibe is. Get like a $30 standing room ticket, stay yeah. there for four innings, catch some baseball, yeah. and then go to bars downtown. Which yeah. like I don't have as much downtown, downtown experience. See, we used to do a lot of the bars downtown. Interesting. Okay. Um, uh, there's a Mezcal place called Pastry War. I don't even know if it's I'm still familiar. there. Uh, that I loved. And there's one that's like I can't remember the name of it. It's like in an alley that they put a roof over and it. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm going to think of it in a second, but like all the proceeds of that bar would go to a charity each month. And they like changed. Oh, nice. That's cool. Anyway. Okay. You give yours and then I'll like chime in. Yeah. So there's like the, the Heights, right. Is sort of the popping new mid twenties, late twenties district uh-huh. kind of post grad. And that's like your bars like drift and McIntyre's, um, both of which, my friends frequent pretty much every night. So okay. there's that kind of area. And then there's the Washington, which is like bottled blonde and, and Kung Fu and stuff like that. Both, you can't really go wrong. Both are exactly what it sounds like, like bar, 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 bar. They're aggressive. Like you're going out if you're going to those streets. But yeah, uh, I would also say Kirby Ice House is a, a must visit. Yeah. Super like huge bar, outdoor patio scene, outdoor picnic table scene. Uh, hot people only type of place. A ton of fun. You can spend a ton of time there. Uh, and there, now there's two of them. There's one in the memorial area too. Yeah. So Washington was like catch the, is on Washington. The like West Sixth of Houston. Yes, when I, was I totally there. totally agree. So it's like it's like very new grads. And mm-hmm. my I, this may have changed, but that's how it was when I was there. It was like clubs. Okay. Not like club clubs, yeah, but like bottle blonde type of clubs right. where there there is a DJ, there is music. Right. But it's not like bottles. And then the heights were a little bit more like chiller bars that were like outdoor patio situations. Yep. Still stands true, um, in my opinion. Please hit up my favorite Lalo in the Heights. It's in a strip. Oh. I mean, everything in Houston's in a strip mall, but uh-huh. it's in a strip mall and it's a tiki bar and I love it. I used to live right there. Um also, Houston has a lot of really fun breweries. Oh, uh, I was just about to say, you stole, you stole that. is a great one. It like overlooks downtown, yep. which is really cool. Uh, I never got to go to the new Carbach when I was there, and now it's like huge, I think. It's beautiful. Um, and then the other thing is like, there's a lot of really cool, like Franklin-esque barbecue destinations like Killens mm-hmm. or Pinkerton's. Or um, what's the other one I'm trying to think of? Anyway, I I agree. I haven't done a whole lot of Q. Have you ever did? Do you ever Houston, do you ever go to Volcano Bar in Westview? No. See, Volcano Bar was like there was a couple bars in Westview that we would go to. Volcano Bar always served like frozen drinks, <laughs> and it was one yeah. of those places that was like cool when we were like post grad with like an older crowd and yeah, then it like yeah, yeah. was not cool. And then we like kind of like brought it back into like being cool again. Really? Yeah. I didn't, you know what? For as close as like Caroline's old place was to Westview, we didn't do Westview a whole lot. Well, cause Westview is, it can feel very like college cause it's like right gotcha. by rice. We would always do like Heights slash Kirby slash um, but downtown, Washington. especially if you go to Minute Maid because it's downtown or mm-hmm. like say you're a soccer fan, you want to go to a Dynamo game, uh, there are a lot of cool bars and restaurants downtown and like Discovery Green and all of that is right there yep. too, which yep. is like really nice. Um, walking the bayou is pretty fun. Like not that, I mean, this is more for a bachelor party. I just don't like see a bunch of guys going on a walk, mm-hmm. but um, I also... Um, I mean, again, not a bachelor thing, but Houston has amazing museums, like amazing museums. <laughs> Me and 14 of the homies going to get Yeah, out, we're get... going to go to the National Science <laughs> Museum, look at the dinosaurs. Uh, but, you know, That's... if you have like an off day and you're there by yourself. There you go. I just think it's a great, like, your, 
you're already doing guns, you're already doing golf. Yeah. The rest of it should basically be hopping from one food and drink establishment to the other, right. in my opinion, because that's what Houston is going to give you the best bang for your buck with. Yeah. Um, and because there's so many cool ones. What about clay? I don't think it's open anymore. Is clay closed? I think clay is closed. Oh, man. Clay. Clay. Uh, uh, last, last recommendation, individual spot, is Heights Beer Garden. Okay. Super tight. Uh, what about... We're just doing the Houston what about what game. are you what are your thoughts on getting a pedal pub? No, can't do it. The worst. Bachelorette party, fine. I did it. It's like, man, I feel like like do 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 do. Do people still but, go to Midtown? Midtown oh, has a lot know. of bars. I don't know, what what is is Midtown like kind of like downtown downtown? Next to downtown. Like downtown is like um, like more at least when I was there it was like an oncoming like kind of hipstery scene. Okay. And Midtown was like Mid twenties going out, uh, like dogwood. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. I, I've I haven't done a whole lot. You know what I've done is is dinner in Midtown before. Yeah, but because uh, that's close to the El Tiempo Westheimer location. Yeah, but I haven't done it like the Montrose is actually there. a really fun neighborhood and has some cool bars too. That sounds familiar. Montrose. Yeah. I don't know the neighborhoods as well as I well, do. Like, like Westheimer place. El Tiempo is in Montrose. Okay, yeah, that yeah. makes sense then. Really can't go wrong, and everything. Bohem 15. was like our favorite. Also had uh, frozen uh, Moscow mules. Mm, okay, and really good like fry situation that were like loaded fries. Mm, that sounds again. So good. Not even sure that Bohem still exists. It probably doesn't. R.I.P. I it's mean, tough. it may. I don't know. Tough. Sorry. I miss Houston. It's a good city. Houston's great. Houston is great. Food is unbelievable. Um, lots of stuff to do. Especially good golf. Relatively cheap golf. Yeah. Um, and then gun range. You can't go wrong with that. Everything's 20 minutes away from each other. So. Yeah. Especially if you're staying 10 minutes from downtown, I would assume he's on like the, the side we're talking about. Kind of the west downtown area. Yeah, like in the third ward. I don't know. What's on like the, the east ward? side. Oh, yeah. I don't. I haven't done no, the east side too Probably much. not. Yeah. I have been to the uh, original Ninfas on east side. Yeah. And they are. Not the precursor to El Tiempo, but same management. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Oh, I want to do El Tiempo. I miss Houston. Let's do it. Can we do a Houston meetup? Uh, like, can y'all do one? And then I will just come and go to all my office. We have, we have talked about it ad nauseum. I told Will We're that if he does one. it on a weekend, like when I'm gone or on call, I'm going to be pissed. It's it's too easy. And the fact that we haven't done one is insane because we could just roll up to Kirby Ice House. It's perfect for it. We don't even need to tell Kirby. It's just, yeah. we're there. Boom, done. Uh, so we'll, that'll happen sooner than later. That'll probably be our next one, honestly, whenever we do it, right. which I would assume like end of May, June at the latest. I hope. There we go. That's going to do it for the mail and Sally. Uh, where can the folks find you before we get out of here? On Sally DeFries on Instagram and Twitter. I am Brett Merriman at Schmerriman on both of those platforms. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.